Hello and good evening everybody, this is FBL Teacher here bringing you the review of Bournemouth nil, Southampton 1. We look at the tweak that Bournemouth made to catch Southampton off guard. Ultimately, the futile exercise but highlighting gems in the process while looking at what Southampton continued to do right the simple way. We also look at FBL implications in terms of how to take advantage of Southampton's defence moving forward while also looking at how where Bournemouth's true potential is. Bournemouth, who tried to throw Southampton a curveball at home by running a 3-5-2 instead of their usual 4-2-3-1 system. Now, this meant that firstly, Tavernier shifted into right wing back, sometimes left wing back, alongside Ryan Fredericks. Now, at the same time, this meant that number 10, sorry, right winger Ryan Christie could actually drop into central midfielder alongside Lewis Cook as well as Jefferson Lerma. Billing and Solanke remained the strike duo up top and they continue to operate in tandem but really the story here is about the wingbacks. Tavernier and Fredericks had such huge presence in the first half as well as the second that they continue to create chance after chance for each other. Tavernier had a beautiful shot in the 41st minute while Eventually, the centre back, the central midfielders joined in the party in the 55th minute where Chrissy actually pushed all the way wide to aid Lewis Cook in order to cross for their front two. Once again, this left wing back, right wing back connection is a new system, but it still heavily favours the front two of Billing and Solanke. Billing's modus operandi was to also help overload areas when Bournemouth had the ball in the final third. And with them conceding the lead, Billings' role became extremely prominent, either moving out to the wing to help double up with the right wing back, or just to occupy central midfielders, Southampton's defensive midfielders particularly, so that he pins them in place and allows the ring right wing backs to find Solanke. Now, Solanke's output himself, unfortunately, were only limited to the huge chance he had from the corner in the 59th minute, but other than that, it was pretty much his usual cut-and-shoot stuff in the 73rd as well as the initial warm-up shot he had in the second minute. So really, the system still favours the wing-backs. Solanke is the target, but right now, the X-factor coming into the fray was Junior Stanislas, a name that we've not heard for an extremely long while, finally coming back into contention, operating in the right half-space and crucially enabling Tavernier, who changed flanks from left wing back to right wing back. So you got to imagine here that Stanislas is in the left half space. Tavernier is on the right wing. At the same time, Billing drifts over to the right half space himself to help overload that crucial area around James Ward-Prowse so that they can create chances for themselves in the box. Stanislas's presence was crucial in the 79th minute as well as the 90th minute where he linked up with Tavernier himself in order to create shots for the wingbacks. Moving forward for FPL purposes, well, firstly, they have to maintain the system because it didn't bring about the result they needed. But as it stands, status quo remains where Billing and Solanke are the front two, while the supporting cast is designed to help this front two shine. Southampton continue to baffle all of us by selecting yet another unpredictable starting 11 with Adams backed up this time by Aribo, El Yunusi and Adam Armstrong. Once again, Adam Armstrong operates as a striker but shifted to the left wing. But really, the crucial thing here was that Joe Aribo also drifted out to the left flank 
and this benefited neither midfielder, unfortunately, bringing about the potential of Perot from left back. Perot had already been showing signs two games ago where he drifted up and down the left flank alongside Southampton, and it wasn't surprising when he got his goal in the 1-1 draw against West Ham last week. So really, Perot's assist here for Southampton against Bournemouth is not a coincidence. This left-sided triangle that they have here works in attack, but in defense, well, you know, they still bring out the best in their opponent's plan A. So as it stands, Southampton are starting to have a consistent, productive side on the left. Now, of course, this also benefits Shea Adams on the right side, where Adams will continue to work hard, link up play, and crucially be a presence on the far post because right side winger El Yunusi tends to drift centrally to play as the number 10. There is basically nobody on the right side and only under extremely rare circumstances, Carl Walker-Peters had to beat as many as two players just to venture into, the, into their opponent's half, really. So as it stands, in conclusion, the left creates for the right, aided by Aribo drifting on to the left, but Perot right now is the star. Defensively, they maintained their 4-2-3-1 shape, and really it just came down to taking advantage of JWP's spot. When you overload that half space, Southampton still struggle no matter whether they play Salisu or Kaleta Ka, <clears throat> or whether they have Bella Kochap fill in. So as it stands, Southampton are a structured side that will be weak to overloads wherever it occurs on the pitch. Solanke and Billing owners, I completely feel for you as really they deserve the win here and it was just simply down to a matter of finishing where they suffered. Now, the next two against West Ham and Spurs wouldn't bring a lot of joy but Leeds and Everton right before the World Cup is where you can hold on to your players and field them for those last two games. As for Southampton, taking advantage of them doesn't look as straightforward as it seems, but with matches against Arsenal, Crystal Palace and Newcastle really just buy their best players and wait for returns. This is FBL Teacher speaking, going to bring about the review of the Newcastle game. So sorry about that. Up next.